This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 28 of the Animaniacast. Singing man, the harpoon, Moby Dick is mine. It's high noon, spear him now on with the cartoon early in the morning. Stop your wailing, stop your moaning, pun intended, stop the groaning. Don't kill whales and start atoning early in the morning. Watch Star Trek for our astronaut teachers. Whales are kind and loving creatures. They've got eyes and facial features. Killing whales is stupid. And welcome everybody once again to the Animaniacast. We are the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. Each and every week we talk about a new episode in the order in which it first premiered and we talk about all the gags and all the jokes and all the cultural references that we can possibly think of within a short amount of time, well relatively short amount of time. <laughs> and uh, in the end we give every episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan. If sticks and stones will break my bones, then I'm in a cast. <laughs> That's a good one. And Kelly. Hi. Hello, Kelly. Okay. Hi, Kelly. Hello. It took me a split second right there to get that reference there, Nathan. It could be uh, the Animaniacast is... Uh... You're in a cast. Mm-hmm. Then You're... I'm in a cast. That's very true. Also shows on Broadway. <laughs> okay it works so there you go actors <laughs> let us know if you use that slogan yourself mm-hmm. but we get 10 percent of all profits. right okay uh well today's episode we have a, a, a moby or not moby uh that is the question and the title of the cartoon mm. we have mesozoic mindy and the good the boo and the ugly but also a bunch of good idea, bad ideas as well. Mm-hmm. So quite a few things in here to to discuss. Uh, guys, what did you think? Uh, Nathan, what about you? What in a few words? What do you think about this episode? It was a good idea, or maybe a bad idea. I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> Kelly, what about you? Yeah, it was good and bad and ugly. <laughs> there you go. And Nathan, yes. When was this episode first premiered? Oh boy. Okay. Uh, so this is surprising. Uh, Tuesday, October 26th, 1993, which also is when the NFL announced a new expansion team, the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. Oh, I had no idea that the Carol, I, I totally forgot that they were essentially not that old of a team. Yeah. The more you know, the more you know, (laughs) Carolina Panthers and, uh, very good. NFL trivia only on the Animaniacast. Hey, it makes sense. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get right into it. Um, let's, you know what? First, we start off with a good idea, bad idea. So I'll tell you what, what we're going to do is I'm just going to go over each good idea, bad idea. Okay. And you just tell me which the goodest of the good idea, bad ideas were. <laughs> is that corroborate grammar? I yeah. doubt it. No, it's perfect. It's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good grammar, bad grammar. <laughs> It's time for another good idea, bad idea. <laughs> so, the first 
good idea is <laughs> taking a, a deep breath before jumping into a swimming pool. Makes sense. The bad idea, however, is taking a deep breath after jumping into the swimming pool. Mm. The next good idea, bad idea is the good idea is kissing a loved one. Bad idea, kissing a complete stranger. Ah. And then the final good idea, bad idea, the first good idea is doing your own yard work. But then the bad idea is doing your own dental work. Yep. Yeah, yeah that is a bad idea. Um, although some people I heard have tried that. <laughs> probably yeah. on YouTube, you can find people that actually do try that. And uh, they, and they're probably the ones that start with, here, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, what do you think of those good ideas, bad ideas? Which one of those three is your favorite well, and why? My favorite was the uh, doing your own dental work. That was the funniest one. And I what particularly, why did that one stand out as your I just favorite? thought it was the most creative of the three because it's just like... The other two were like pretty obvious of what they're going to say <laughs> after, you know, like, oh, breathing underwater or kissing not a loved one, a stranger. And then this one is like yard work versus dental work. Like those. Like, yeah. Fun stretch. I like it. <laughs> okay. And uh, Kelly, what about you? I like the dental one, dental work one, too, because when he was using the drill, he was spinning around in the, the chair. Yeah. And it reminded me of spinning around in the teacups at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll, I'll go with that one as well. I'll go with the last one as well. Um, it, I just like that gag at the very end where nothing is left of uh, Mr. Skullhead but his arm. Yeah, it's just floating <laughs> in air. Yeah, I thought that was a cute, like, surprising thing. Um, <laughs> and you're right, that people sometimes do try that and mm -hmm. it is a warning don't do your own dental work kids <laughs> so uh you know i just like kind of like the i never noticed this with the other episode uh, other good idea bad ideas but um there's a style to these ones that um i don't really know how to place my finger on it it kind of looks like a chuck jones-ish kind of uh style from like the 50s or 60s where like the the trees are drawn, but then the colors kind of cross over the lines. They don't, it's not completely filled in. Hmm. Uh, in other words, it's, um, uh, I don't know. It just looks a little bit different. I feel like we missed one. Didn't we miss one? Well, there's just those three. Really? Which one is the skiing downhill? Wasn't that one in this one? Or was that? Yeah, one? I thought you meant, you didn't mention that one? No, I didn't mention that one. There's no skiing, skiing downhill. Skiing when there's snow is good, and skiing when there's not snow is bad. Yeah. I we didn't even see that at all. That was that was totally on this one, wasn't it, Kelly? I just saw yeah. it. Yeah. It was. I've seen this episode like three times. I don't remember That is this totally at all. it. Okay, we're pausing the recording right now. <laughs> good idea. Going alpine skiing in the winter. Bad idea. Going alpine skiing in the summer. Okay, well, yep. It turns out we totally did miss one. <laughs> it was the alpine skiing one. Mm -hmm. uh, and I already played the audio right there, so we don't need to worry about going over the, what it was. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It's still the same, like, obvious, like, winter versus summer. Like, Yeah, you like, kind of saw it coming, so yeah. that's not your favorite. But that's where the drawing really came out to me. Like, that's where the, the artistic, uh, you know, everything, the lines aren't filled in all the way. It just mm. looks different it doesn't look bad it just looks different it looks more like a cartoon from the 50s or 60s and looney tunes to me almost but which would also make sense because technically mr skullhead 
was originally drawings done by Elmira. So perhaps this is supposed to be like drawings yeah. that a kid is doing. I don't know. Sure. Uh, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting really meta in this Mr. Skullhead one. But uh, yeah, I think we all can agree, though, still in the in the long run, even all four of those, mm -hmm. the best one is uh, doing your own dental work. It's a bad idea. So mm. <laughs> very cool. Okay, well, let's get right into our first cartoon, which is Moby or Not Moby. Well, Moby or Not Moby was written by John P. McCann, and it was directed by Michael Gerard. And, uh, Nathan. Yes. What happened in uh, Moby or Not Moby? So, the Warners uh, find themselves on Captain Ahab's ship, and he, of course, wants to kill a white whale. Mm-hmm. And they tell him not to kill a white whale. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole bunch of like there's a there's a song in it, yeah. Uh -huh. And eventually they find the white whale, and Captain Ahab throws a spear at him. The whale catches it and uh, picks his teeth and then knocks it back and then ends up eating Captain Ahab, who meets Pinocchio, <laughs> and the Warners are stranded at sea but get rescued by a bunch of awful ships that are <laughs> gonna sink or. <laughs> get stranded on islands so there you go there you go well there that that does summarize what happened yep. nice job nathan uh well what do you guys think about this what are some moments that uh, really stood out that you liked um i thought the drawing was very the animation was oh. distracting the animation okay yeah this is done by the the same folks who who animated some of the other sections like uh one with Miss Flamille, uh, i believe and uh, and stuff and whenever we get this these animators in um, it does become a little distracting mm. where the lip sync is completely off and, yeah, and they just look weird. It kind of looks like, and the, even the, the set kind of looks weird at times. Just like they all kind of look a little squishy. Mm -hmm. And do you notice that one part where they're swinging with captain Ahab and they like, uh, they, they're talking about, uh, stop your wailing, mm -hmm. uh, stop your moaning, unintended, <laughs> which is. It's just funny. Like, yeah. Because it's wailing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stop your wailing. <laughs> um, anyway, but Yakko and Wacko, I could not tell which one was which right there. Oh, yeah. I didn't even. They, they, they pick to... them up and they uh, both looks like. It, they both looked like Yakko for a second. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> what is going on with the animation right here? So the character models are just completely off of what we're used to. And I have no idea how to describe it other than they. They look squishy to me, like they're they're constantly stretching their faces out, and it just is uh it's distracting. Uh, Kelly, what about you though? Did you find anything you liked? Didn't like? What do you think? I I like the reference to um, a great literary work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of kids probably wouldn't be familiar with Moby Dick, and and even I, as an English major, ha have never read the book. It's a but big I book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm not intimidated by big books. I've I've read Les Misérables and um, War and Peace, and you know a few others. But I uh, I just I haven't it's, just haven't gotten around to it. But um, but it it does give uh, a little bit of story and in, into what the book's about. And and I liked the tune. I I can't remember the actual song, but uh, the the song they keep singing throughout the episode. I I think it's based on what. What do you do with a drunken sailor? Yep, that's mm -hmm. it. And it reminds me of this. Uh, I'm old enough to have had records when I was a kid, and we had this record of kind of, I guess, folk tunes or, or um, 
old ballads and, and that was one of the songs on that and I just I remember singing along with it so it just I guess sort of nostalgic for me. Yeah, it's definitely a hummable tune right there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been definitely it's been in my head quite a bit today. Mm-hmm. Um well, let's go over some of the references right here. So first of all, they think when they land in there, mm-hmm. um they believe that they are on the love boat. Talk about a reference that kids today would Definitely not get. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I, I barely watched any cat, uh, Love Boat episodes when I was a kid. I quite frankly. I suspect kids today hearing the term love boat would think something completely different <laughs> from what the show was in the 80s. Exactly. Yes. It, the love boat was a very, uh, if PG, if that, I believe. It was, it was, uh, it was boring as a kid. I tried watching <laughs> it and it was just boring. It wasn't mm. funny. It wasn't anything. Cheesy and yeah, I will. The only time I really remember somebody actually sitting down and watching it, uh, I went to my neighbor's house and the neighbors were like 65, 70 years old and they were watching The Love Boat. That was more their, their this is like that's that's comedy is mm-hmm. <laughs> Love Boat. <laughs> I don't know, but they they mention, uh, let's see, who are the three characters they mentioned? Uh, Ishtar, oh, he says, no, Ishtar is not from. The oh, love boat. I thought you were just saying that no. later on. But. Well, no, <laughs> no. They said, "Doc, are you Doc?" And then another person, Gopher. Another one, Captain Stubing. Uh, those are all uh, from the love boat, right there. They say they separate out those references in such a way that it's it's hard to tell. Like, are they still talking about the love boat? Mm-hmm. Yes, they're still talking about the love boat. Uh, going into the uh, first, uh, call me Ishmael, mm-hmm. which. I haven't read the book Moby Dick, but I do know that uh, the first words of Moby Dick are "Call me Ishmael." Yep, there we go. About mm-hmm. telephone calls and right? <laughs> no, no, it's not about calling oh. people. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Queequeg, uh, the the guy right there, that native kind of guy with the tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a Star Wars connection. Do you know what it is? I, well, hearing that makes me think of Queequeg. That's it. That's yes, it. He's exactly yeah. how they got that. And uh, Return of the Jedi, there's these guys uh, called Weakways who are on top of the skiffs. There's those guys who look like, I don't know how you could call them. They look, kind of look like pruny-faced guys. Um, and don't they have dreadlocks, too? Like yeah, gray? some of them have kind of dreadlocks going on. Hmm. Uh, they've been in a lot of, they've been in a bunch of episodes of the Clone Wars and stuff like that. They're they're pretty cool guys. Whenever you need pirates on, on uh, in fact, Hondo. Hondo's a, a, a weak way, now that I think about it. Bop, bop, bop. Does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> Weak ways. Uh, and uh, then, of course, Captain Ahab was Captain Stubing. Oh, there's Captain Stubing. Um, yeah. Again, never watched really yeah. The Love Boat. I know that's how the song goes. <laughs> love Boat. Exciting and new. That's all I know about the Love Boat. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and I, I, I remember when it would come on, because my older sisters would watch it, and the the faces of all the actors would oh, appear yeah. like a lifeboat. Yes, it. <laughs> yes, very similar to uh, Gilligan's Island, I think, mm-hmm. in some ways. It was like instead of like a porthole or something. I don't know. I think it was kind of like a, a, a combination of what would happen if Fantasy Island met Gilligan's Island, and you got the love boat. I think it's more like Gilligan's Island versus and Fantasy Island with Love American style. Mixed all together. You ever watch Love American Style? Maybe? No, none of these. Vague That's another one. I haven't seen any of these shows. <laughs> I would watch Love American Style sometimes on on Original Comedy Central. Ha! 
Ha! Ha! And you go, love! How's that, how's that theme song go? Uh, You're on your own with that. Love American style! Love American style! America! America! This is you! That's exactly how it ended. Now I feel like I'm in a Disney World themed show or something. We're blending themes. <laughs> We're all over the place. Okay, so there we go. Well, anyway, well, we did say it was a weird week. It was a weird week. Well, uh, there, there's a there's a cool thing right here where uh, speaking of Ishmael, though, he says, "Call me Ishmael," and he says, "Oh, call me Ishtar." Call me Ishmael. Call me Ishtar. Call me irresponsible. Call me anytime, but not collect, okay, big fella? Uh so let's go over those three things right there. So, <laughs> call me Ishtar. Uh, Ishtar was a notorious uh, flop of the 1980s mm. with Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty, and it's supposed to be a comedy. It's n- I've never been able to watch more than usually about 10 to 20 minutes of it. It's not funny. It's like a it's mm. it's supposed to be like a Bob Hope Bing Crosby kind of we're in the desert doing stuff, um, but audiences did not respond to it and. Uh, you know, now we have tons of other flops to talk about, you know, yeah. but uh, that was like for the longest time, especially, you know, all the way, probably I would say up to Waterworld, Ishtar was like, oh, that's what a flop is, Ishtar. <laughs> um, you ever watch Ishtar, Kelly? No. Was, yeah, I, again, yeah, no, no. nobody, you, you're not no. alone because it was a flop. <laughs> Uh, and then of course, call me, call me irresponsible is the title of the song. Uh, I believe like, you know, this is Jack, Jackie Gleason saying it, but I think I, I remember hearing like Frank Sinatra singing it a few times. Hmm. And then of course, don't call me collect. Yeah. I call 1-800-18. Yeah. The 1-800-collect or whatever, all those things. Kids today. If he say don't okay, back in the nineties and everything, yeah, payphones were big. <laughs> we had to like you gotta you gotta get picked up by your mom or dad after soccer practice or something. Uh, well, there's no, I don't have a phone, but there's a payphone here outside the school, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna get on that payphone, and I don't have any change on me, so I'll just uh, call one eight hundred collect. You call it one eight hundred collect, and it says you have a call from, and then you have to fit in. Everything. I'm Every- at the Circle K at the corner of the street. <laughs> yep. This is Joey. I'm at the Circle K. Pick me up. Boom. <laughs> Do you like the check? <laughs> and they yep. say no, and then you... Exactly. That's how you get free calls. Yep. That was the trick back in the 90s. Um, yeah. Ever, ever try that trick, Kelly? No. You, you haven't lived then. That was sorry. <laughs> no, we would do my dad would get so upset at us for doing that, but hey, I needed to get picked up and I I didn't have a cell phone. This was before cell phones. Mm-hmm. It's a way you could get picked up. There was there was one eight hundred collect and then there was pagers. Yep. And then there were cell phones. So <laughs> we have uh Captain Steubing picks up uh not Captain Steubing. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Ahab. Ahab yeah. <laughs> he picks up Scotty at one point, uh those yeah. sharks, you know, it's, it's one of two Star Trek references. That's right. If you're a Star Trek f- fan, then uh, you'll like this particular cartoon because we not only have Scotty talking about <laughs> we, we can't do it, Captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, of course, they in their song they talk about Star Trek Four, which I've seen parts of actually. I haven't seen. I've seen one or two Star Trek films. I'm 
totally invested in the wars, but not in the trek. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's too too much of a journey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, Star Trek Four was the oh gosh, what is it called? I, the, the, uh, the the whale save movie. Save the killer whales. No, it wasn't killer whales. There were but humpbacks. Or, oh, were they humpbacks? I guess. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah. Uh, Kelly? The, uh, no. I don't know. <laughs> the, <laughs> there was some I, kind I'm of whales. Star Wars gal. I, really, I mean, I, I have nothing against Star Trek. And yeah, yeah, exactly. seen some of the movies, but I honestly don't know the name of that one. Yeah, I know it does have mixed, even from Star Trek fans, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll get, uh, the Trekkies have kind of mixed reviews of that that film isn't that one where Spock dies? That's no, that's Wrath of Khan, Wrath of which Khan. is a really good movie. Oh, I've oh. seen that one. Yeah, and spoilers. I have seen Wrath of Khan. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> well, don't worry. They find him again because he's he's alive and well in the fourth one. The fourth one, they go. Gosh, what do they do? They like go. Oh, it's called the Voyage Home. The Voyage Home. Okay, but I think they like go into modern day. Uh, mm-hmm. they go to modern day. America to like try to get people to realize why they need to save the whales well, they, because... and they need to bring one back to the future so they can bring it back to life. And basically. so Doc Brown gets in there mm-hmm. and talks about the whales. It's about their their kids, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a really great movie. <laughs> and then they jump into the DeLorean with a giant whale and they go all the way to, to 2015, I believe, right? Yeah. And the rest is all about a whale like on a hoverboard and they go to like one point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> exactly. The movie actually sounds really good. I'm gonna have to check it out now. So there you go. Star Trek: The Voyage Home, Back to the Future. <laughs> um, back to the future. <laughs> um, so they they also talk about uh, Ernest Borgnine. You know, if you shaved your beard, you'd look just like Ernest Borgnine, hmm. uh, who was uh, starred in the the old McHale's Navy TV show. Never watched it. Um, it was a movie with Steve Martin, I believe, a few years ago. Never watched it. Yeah, never saw Mm-mm. it. Ernest Borgnine uh, died pretty relatively recently. I want to say within the last five to ten years. He was a very old man by the time he lived. D- lived. He was a very old man by the time he died. He was also a very big man, too. He was one of those weird guys who lived into his 90s, but yet still looked like he weighed like almost 300 pounds. It's like, <laughs> wow. how is this man alive? Uh, he was a, he was a healthy, uh, large, large guy. <laughs> um, and I don't think so. I don't know if he'd look like Ernest Borgnine if he shaved, but that's just me. Yeah. But, but probably my favorite reference is when Dot says, That's high sea on the high seas. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> Although I was like, is this racist? Yeah, that just, that's, I don't think it's racist. It's just how Louis, it's a reference to Louis Armstrong. Yeah. And you can't do a Louis Armstrong yeah, you impression say, without yeah. sounding how the guy sounded. <laughs> and just, it was a good impression. I liked it. Yeah. It, yeah. I just like when she goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Louis Armstrong, probably the most famous song that most people know is What a Wonderful World. I mean, they play that almost on every year. You'll you'll hear that song in at least one commercial for something. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um. And and of course we talked about the Pinocchio mm-hmm. <laughs> being swallowed by a, a whale, and you know it, it definitely had that uh, that moment of when the when the whale is charging to swallow uh, Captain Ahab, it did look like Monstro the whale to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that okay, quick story about Monstro the whale. <laughs> I my parents always tell this story whenever I go to Disneyland. 
But Kelly, you know the monstro in in the storybook uh, boats. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I kind of vaguely remember this. Uh, apparently, on one of my first trips to Disneyland when I was like three or four, we all got on the storybook ride, and the first thing that happens when you go on the storybook ride is you get swallowed by Monstro the Whale. Mm-hmm. Scary. And yeah, as we slowly went into Monstro's mouth, I just started screaming. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I don't yeah, it's it's it is because it's just like. <laughs> It's totally the not scary ride to Disneyland. But that's the scariest part of that ride for sure. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to just pick one scary part, then yeah, it's kind of funny that that would happen at the beginning of the ride too. Like <laughs> Yeah, like the, the it's right next to the teacups. So yes. Very, there you go. Very, yeah, he's he's constant. Yeah, Monstro's constantly watching people in the teacups right there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so I remember this is the story is that I went into Monstro's mouth and I started screaming and crying and uh, you know, we got out and, uh, and my parents apparently said when we got out, I just started saying, I just want to see Mickey. Oh. <laughs> Why would you do Why this? Why would you take me? me to this weird place? I do remember going on the Pinocchio ride and freaking out a bit when, and I still do if you're right in the right angle. There's a part in that dark ride where you get uh, caught in the bird cage for a mm. few seconds. It looks like you're in the bird cage. And I remember having flashback kind of nightmares to that moment where I couldn't get out of the giant birdcage. Um, so Pinocchio, a source of some of my nightmares. There Yay. you go. So that Pinocchio makes a cameo in this. <laughs> <laughs> and the three ships that go to pick up the, the Warners mm-hmm. are the Titanic. We all know the Titanic. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, yes. He was the captain of that ship, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how it goes? No. <laughs> <laughs> Now you're just making stuff up. No, no, I have it in my source guide right here. Yep. He was the captain. The, and yeah, the original captain. The original captain, yes. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio was the original captain mm-hmm. of yep. the Titanic. That's, in real that's, life, yes. In real life. Uh, okay. <laughs> you just I, I okay, yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Shh. We're trying to we're trying to trick people out there. They're gonna buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the name of the. I actually did some reading up on the, the actual Titanic and, and stuff when I saw the movie because I I like the behind the scenes stuff, but I can't remember the guy's name now. Oh, our sister is for a while was very obsessed with uh, with the Titanic, mm-hmm. and she's in high school right now. So, and she wasn't even alive when yeah, when it came out. The, the Titanic came out, but I mean, that was like nineteen twelve. That movie has an effect. Yeah, <laughs> that movie has an effect on uh, on people. Um, the 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 actual movie, I think, oh, okay. not the nah, like, but uh, yeah, especially I don't know because for a while our sister was really just like she fell in love with Leonardo DiCaprio as well, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Just well, some... I was very fascinated with it because I I found out that Bob Ballard um, discovered the Titanic. And I knew him from doing the, he, at the end of the credits for the season one of Sequest DSV, he would talk over the credits and give some oh. like scientific information about, uh, you know, oceanic, uh, facts. Hmm. And, uh, so he'd be like, I'm Bob Ballard from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute. And this is why dolphins are important or whatever. Oh, I do and kind I, of remember. I love that. And I, I really enjoyed 
watching that. And I was like, oh, Bob Ballard, I know him from Sequest because it's a Spielberg production. <laughs> That's uh, exactly right. I had no idea that the... Yeah, I had no idea that the Titanic was uh, discovered so recently then. That's so... Yeah, in well, the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who knew? Oh, yeah, I didn't know. Clive Cussler wrote a book that was turned into a movie. Um, he writes about this adventure, sort of like Indiana Jones, but under the water. And he wrote a book, I think in the 70s, called Race the Titanic, where it was about the guy discovering the Titanic. And when I read the book, I didn't realize it was actually written before the Titanic was even discovered. Oh, so wow. he, he was all kind of hypothesizing about where it was and, and creating his fictional story around it. And apparently it was turned into a really bad movie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's been uh, discovered really in, in very, very recent years because they had to develop the technology to go deep enough to find it. Yeah, you know, that cold. yeah uh, even for the movie Titanic, they... They did shots of the tight like those were never before seen. They did that just for that movie. Yeah, yeah. and that was what was so fascinating about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah, we actually Crow wanted to. I tried to. I tried to to gloss to, over to, to to put fake facts about the Titanic, but we can't do it. We can't do it on this. It's too. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Kelly, because I had uh, very little, if if any, knowledge about this. Did you know about the the. Uh, the other ship here, the Edmund Fitzgerald. Did you know what that ship was? Um, there's a song that was created, yeah. uh, so I'm familiar with that. <laughs> the Edmund Fitzgerald was a ship that sunk in Lake Superior in 1975. Hmm. And yes, it did become a song by, I believe, Gordon Lightfoot, I believe. Mm-hmm. Very folksy and not my style. But there you go. You can listen to it. I listened to about 30 seconds of the song today. <laughs> yeah. Which is more than I was like, all right, the, that song you just talk. It's, it's been a clue on Jeopardy. I'm pretty sure is probably how I came across it. <laughs> and of course, Nathan, you know what the SS Minnow is, right? Yes, Gilligan's Island, right? Yeah, there you go, and you hear cool. the skipper say, "Hey, little buddy," and <laughs> <laughs> there. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, and, I, and we all learned that, of course, a Be moist specific. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we also learned today that a moisturized face is a happy face. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. which is a very uh, very important line. Um, I just wish that Wacko's lip sync worked when he actually said that right? because that was very distracting. It's like maybe his face wasn't moisturized and his face was having trouble talking because of that. Yeah. Oh, we have a jet going over our heads. Taking a plane break. Taking a plane break. Taking a plane. All right. Well, you guys have any other. Now that the plane is gone, do well, you guys? A good one. It was a what a plane! The plane, the plane. <laughs> Fantasy Island again. What? How do we get into Fantasy Island stuff? This is this is weird. Uh, it's weird. Love boat. Okay. Uh, what did you guys say? Any other thoughts? Any other moments of this uh, first cartoon that you particularly um, liked? The song in general was fun. I like that uh, Ahab knows that he's in a cartoon. Apparently, <laughs> he's like like on with the cartoon. Yeah. So, but yeah. Kelly, what about you? Um, I like the environmental message that we shouldn't go around like killing wells and getting uh, blubber. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It, it, that was a big message, I think. Um, I mean, especially with Star Trek Four. I mean, I mm-hmm. think all that late '80s, early '90s, the Save the Whales movement was really prevalent. I mean, we were there was a big concern that whales would become extinct, and mm-hmm. the whales are still endangered, but uh, they're doing a lot better now than they they had been, which is which is nice. Um, I I did like when 
he's talking about all the things that he's going to do to Moby Dick, like a uh, squish, you know, stomp him and, and take yeah. perfume, and which is all the things he's talking about is absolutely true. That that's how what whalers would do with all the different parts of the whale. Mm-hmm. Um, but how <laughs> Yakko says, I think you need more shore leave. <laughs> And he just kind of Ahab is just left with this kind of crazy face on his face, on his face, <laughs> on, his face on his face. Yeah, uh, I don't have any experience with whaling. I know it's part of uh, the Assassin's Creed game Black Flag, mm-hmm. which I've played, and I have, I've, I have had to kill virtual whales, which is a weird thing to do. <laughs> it's a game that makes you whale. Which is a very weird thing to do, but yes. You should be ashamed of I yourself. should be. I've killed so many uh, fake whales in this life. I, I'm sorry. So Never look at you the same. Those ones and zeros will never look at me the same way again. All right. The next cartoon is Mesozoic Mindy, and that is written by Nicholas Hollander and directed by Mr. Greg Reyna. Uh, basically, this one is, uh, well, it's your typical Mindy and Buttons cartoon, except mm-hmm. uh, Buttons kind of looks like a dinosaur, and uh, and uh, Mindy is kind of a little cave girl, and uh, the parents are also kind of cave cavemen. Mm-hmm. They say mugga a lot and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mindy gets loose. She gets, uh, she's not being chased by anything, but she's just kind of wandering around. Oh, she's chasing after an egg, an egg, right. With two little feet sticking out of it. It reminded me a lot of the egg on Garfield and friends, mm, uh, yeah. the U S acres one, the Sheldon, I think his name was, and, uh, would never pop out of his egg, mm-hmm. but yeah, it kind of, you know, chasing that around and buttons of course is getting squashed and blown up by a, volcanoes and chased by a brontosaurus with very sharp teeth who wanted wanted to eat him (laughs) um at the end of it they you know they help create the wheel make some fire Mm -hmm. and unfortunately buttons gets a tar pit tar all over their the parents clothes Mm -hmm. and uh they blame buttons for it and he's called a bad dog and there you go that's your that's your Mindy and Buttons uh, cartoon once again, doing yeah. the formula. They tried to change it up a little bit this time and, and put it in prehistoric times, which was interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what did you what did you guys think of a of a Mesozoic Mindy? I I like that the title was written in a font reminiscent of the Jurassic Park font. Oh, there you go. And uh, hey, there's a Spielberg reference of again. Course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to get Spielberg in here uh, reference Multiple at least times. one time. Yeah. If mm. we don't, we're not doing a good job. Yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> Nathan, what about you? Um I it was it was fun. I I like the Mugga Uggas Uggas <laughs> Muggas. Yeah. Buttons, Mindy. We chug a mugga go hunt. You buttons, Ugga guard cave, Ugga guard Mindy. Overall is is cute. The baby dinosaur gets back to his mama. Yeah, that was very cute. Um, I I did like the um, I did catch it like uh, the reference to Fantasia. Did you recognize that when the dinosaurs are turning their heads and all that? No, all? no. Okay, well the the beginning where there's all that the dinosaurs are hearing all that. I forget exactly what they're hearing, but they're it's like stomping. It's like a T Rex in Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> well, they hear all the the music. The opening music. Um, is a parody of Igor Stravinsky's uh, Rite of Spring, 
which is used in Fantasia. And in Fantasia, it shows uh, the different dinosaurs and everything, and they're you know cocking their heads and turning. And mm. in in that Fantasia segment, it's it reminds me a lot of the of the the railroad at Disneyland where you have a Tyrannosaurus Rex mm-hmm. and a Stegosaurus fighting each other. Uh, and that's basically what happens in the, in the Fantasia segment. It's about these two dinosaurs fighting and everyone's looking at it. But yeah, the way the, the dinosaurs like cock their head and turn it is almost, it's like the same shot. So it was kind of, a, it was cool. It was a kind of a salute to Fantasia in that moment. Hmm. Uh, I didn't really see any other big cultural references other than it kind of reminded me of, um, a little bit like Line of Before Time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Spielberg produced cartoon, right? And Don Bluth. That's Don Bluth, yeah. So it kind of upset me that you couldn't get the simple thing that long necks don't have sharp teeth and right? don't don't want to eat dogs. But this one really wanted to eat buttons. <laughs> and he chased him back and forth. He chased him back and forth. And I kept wondering, like, like in the background when Mindy is talking to the two cavemen and she's doing her thing about uh, why, why, why. I kept expecting the brontosaurus to to be doing something different mm-hmm. behind them. Like, I'll go to the left to right, and then he'll be doing this, and then right to left, and be doing something else. But no, he was just literally just chasing it back and forth. I yeah. I was disappointed. I rewound it. Like, well, I'm sure they put something back there. No, it seemed like a great opportunity for a joke, but they missed it. But yeah, that was that was basically it. I mean, what do you guys think? Any other particular moments that stand out you liked, didn't um, like? What do you think? Did, did was anyone else bothered when when buttons came out and jumped on the wheel and then started running forward and the wheels started moving forward? Like, did that bother anyone? Because that bothered me for some oh, reason. Like, okay, so... the wheel should have gone backwards <laughs> as he's on it and running forwards. Oh, that's true. That is how wheels work. If you run forward <laughs> on a wheel, it will take you backwards. But if you but run like, backwards... But, like, for some reason, it's going forwards. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. That's... Hey. So that that bothered me. Yeah, so, he should have been... He should have been... I mean, I'm fine with humans and dinosaurs <laughs> in the same time. But if you're going to ruin physics... <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Let's get a special edition of this going on. Uh, Kelly, anything that you <laughs> particularly liked didn't like of Mesozoic Mindy? I I also liked the Ugga Bugga talk. It was, I mean, it's probably completely historically inaccurate. Yes. I, I'm not really sure how early people talked, but... Um... Well, we do know that cavemen and dinosaurs did exist in the same time period. We are very certain of that from this cartoon. But yeah, this right, right. We're I'm, not very... question- I'm not questioning that. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see them saying ugga bugga. Yep. But... Okay, lady, I love you. Bye-bye. No, manga lady. Manga, manga, mom. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun to listen to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that does it for Mesozoic Mindy then. Well, let's get over to our last segment, last cartoon, which is The Good, The Boo, and The Ugly. Okay. The Good, The Boo, and The Ugly was written by Deanna Oliver, Peter Hastings, Nicholas Hollander, and Paul Rugg. We've got four different that's writers. That's a lot of writers. It's a lot, a lot of writers of... for a very short segment. Yeah, and there's not a lot of uh, words. In... <laughs> they, it was a group project. They all got together. and they. That's awesome. Yeah. 
collaboration. Exactly. And uh, directed by Greg Reyna. Um, well, for short subject, a short cartoon, a lot of writers. And uh, Kelly, what happened in this cartoon? The main thing to know about this cartoon is it's a parody of the good and the bad. The Good, the Bad, the Ugly, starring Clint Eastwood, which is a spaghetti western directed by Sergio Leone. And Chick Chickaboo is in it, and there's a bad guy in town. And they're like, oh, if someone would only show up and, and fight him, then yay, we'd all be saved. So Chickaboo comes in, and they're like, oh, you'll be the one to save us. And, and the woman's like, he's a chicken, he's a giant chicken. They're like, you're stupid, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So he fights the guy, and he's winning, and, and everything goes great. And then the guy grabs his leg, and they start uh, brawling in the street again. And all is revealed that he's actually a giant chicken. And um, this old woman says, oh, I have a fistful of feathers. <laughs> and then she says, I have a, uh, what is it, a few fistful, a few feathers more. Yes. Which is also a reference to the, the sequels to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which is a fistful of dollars and a few dollars more. Yeah, it, it was very cute. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good uh, Chicken Boo one. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I should mention that the music is most certainly uh, reminiscent of Ennio Morricone's score for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yes, definitely. I love Chicken Boo singing that oh, at, at the, the end. end yeah, It just... It just made me laugh out loud when he was singing that. Kelly, I just saw Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight that Ennio Morricone um, just did the music for because he's he's still alive and he's still scoring music and he's one of the greats right up there with Maestro John Williams. Yes, he is, and he actually he won an Oscar for that, right? He just won the yeah. Oscar. He, he beat out John Williams. He did beat out John Williams, but uh, it wasn't for The Hateful Eight, though. I don't think I can't remember what. Oh gosh, what was it then? It wasn't for uh, The Hateful Eight. Hang on. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'm looking it up. Yeah, Hateful Eight, Oscar, uh, score. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Cool. Wow, okay. Yeah, there you go. He did win an Oscar for it. Okay, so, yeah, he, he got nominated, and, and I, I've heard, like, a lot of people upset, like, oh, John Williams should have won for The Force Awakens, and... You know, well, he should have. He, sh <laughs> he should have, but I guess yeah, I think John Williams would even agree. Like, if you're going to be out, get beaten out by anybody, then may you know you keep get beaten out by him. He's he's also one of our elderly, you know, composers, and um, and it's it, he's eighty. He's older than John Williams. He's eighty-seven years old. So. There you go. I, I actually also think it was his first. That's like, true. I think it was his first Oscar, too. I, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But um, it seemed like he was much deserving of it. He it, I, it absolutely is. According to this that I'm seeing right here, it is the it was the first competitive Oscar won by the 87-year-old maestro. Yeah. With more than 500 movie credits to his name. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's so, crazy. yeah, we'll, we'll let him have it. Yeah. yeah, give him yeah, one out of five hundred people. Come on, because <laughs> John has, I, I think, four Oscars to his name. So it's it's all right. We'll let him. We'll let him slide by this time. Exactly. Well, John Williams sometimes beats himself out. I think because he'll get nominated twice. Yeah, and that does nothing but split the vote for him. So mm -hmm. it's, it can only hurt him. 
Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> he's gotten he's gotten countless nominations, but well, you could count them, but I'm not going to count them right now. So he I'm just say- he <laughs> has more nominations than anyone, with the exception of Walt Disney, who has is deceased. So John Williams is the living person with the single most Oscar nominations. Well, there and we I, go. I wow. think he's up to like. 45 or, or something. I'm, I'm not great with numbers, but it's a lot. <laughs> it's a number. It's, a... it's, it's more than you can imagine. <laughs> well, you have, so Kelly, it sounds like you've, you've actually seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, these films. Have you, I actually have not. But you, I, you, I, you, I, it sounded like you knew. I've seen it referenced enough. And my dad's a huge Clint Eastwood fan. So I, I know something about it but it, I, I feel like i've watched it even though it's not a movie that i've sat down and watched from beginning to end well i'm just such a student of film and and you know film scores i'm familiar with it yeah i tried to watch some of it once a while ago and it, it just it, you know i'm not a huge western fan yeah I mean, my westerns uh my favorite western is probably uh three amigos yeah <laughs> that's the one i own so. yeah, i have that on blu-ray it's a good blu-ray yeah yeah, yeah, Western's my dad's favorite genre. Um, I did see Unforgiven uh, recently because it was an Oscar-winning film and uh, one of the more recent Westerns, and I and I enjoyed that one quite a bit. But um, it's not it's not my favorite genre. <laughs> well, this is called a speaking of genres. This is a they even <laughs> put it out and they say this is a spaghetti western. Mm-hmm. So they're eating spaghetti. So it's a very Heavy in the spaghetti. <laughs> it's very <laughs> well, spaghetti western. I remember asking my dad about this because he goes, "It's a spaghetti western," and I said, "What is what's a spaghetti western?" Spaghetti westerns were kind of cheaply made westerns uh, back in the, I believe, sixties and seventies, and a lot of them were, you know, you know, when you have an Italian director, and if they're made in Europe, sometimes in Italy, mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, they're, I guess, it's kind of like kind of almost derogatory kind of term in some ways because it's not like a real western this is a spaghetti western uh not like your john wayne westerns or something like that but uh yeah i mean almost everyone to this day still knows of the titles the good the bad the ugly Mm -hmm. of a few dollar wait now a fistful of dollars and a Mm -hmm. a few dollars more people know those titles like you know Mm -hmm. not everyone can name every john wayne movie you know so there you go. They they live on quite strongly. Um. So there's some of the and some of the actors in the background right there, uh, are caricatures of actual actors in that uh, in those films. Uh, the one that stood out to me right away was the guy with the hat right there. Um, Lee Van Cleef, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, there it is, Lee Van Cleef. And he, <laughs> the reason he really stood out to me was. Uh, that Cad Bane from the Clone Wars, oh yeah, is modeled after him with that big hat and everything. And Cad Bane is one of my all-time favorite Star Wars characters, animated or otherwise. And I know he's probably not going to be in Rogue One, but oh my gosh, that'd be so awesome if he was in Rogue <laughs> One, like in the background. Someplace. Well, we have seen that's, it by now, so that's <laughs> how I feel about Yoda. Like uh, he, uh, he, he. Exist during this time period. Let's see some Yoda. Yeah, exactly. Just any... but that's just that's just me. Just yeah. do a cut to scene of like Yoda like eating. cooking. Yeah, good food. Rudely, rudely, I cook. And then cut back. I I would 
would be the happiest person in the theater because when I was watching the The Force Awakens uh-huh. and you could hear Yoda's voice in the Ray's vision, uh-huh. I I heard his voice. I'm like looking around at people like, oh, y'all heard that right? And they're like, Kelly, come on now, you're you're just hearing things. You're, come on. And I'm like, no, seriously. And it, it took multiple viewings for people to actually believe me. Yep. That I heard Yoda's voice in that scene because they accused me of, I guess, imagining it. <laughs> Kelly, um, I, I, I heard it too on the first viewing. Mm-hmm. I, I heard it too. I heard it too. I heard it too. I didn't hear Obi Wan. I didn't hear much other than like Darth Vader and like Yoda. But I did hear those two in that vision. Mm-hmm. But anyway, for the Jedi, it is time to eat as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> eating spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> so, and of course, the other one was Eli Wallach. Uh, the, again, both stars of the good, bad, and ugly. There were there were little things in this one that kind of threw me off. Like the people running and hiding in mm-hmm. this one, they're framed in such a way that they almost look like little dwarves. Yeah, or... I thought they were like really short. That was yeah. I thought they were like, are there Smurfs in this episode? Because there's <laughs> there's like the the townspeople were drawn so small mm-hmm. and from such an angle that they were just kind of like when they're hiding from the bad guy, they just look like Smurfs and, or something weird like that. But um, overall, it was, a, it was a good cartoon. Made me laugh, laugh like laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised that Chicken Boo continues to be so watchable for me because I know the gag. I know what's going to happen, <laughs> but it's always just funny. And uh, but I do feel bad for him, <laughs> especially in this one because even yeah. the bad guy goes after him, right? And they untie the bad <laughs> guy. Even <laughs> like that was not a legitimate thing because you <laughs> don't count as a human. <laughs> Yeah, let's go chase him up. It, it was it, it in that way. It was kind of like it reminded me a little bit of Blazing Saddles. A little bit Blazing Saddles. However, they accepted the sheriff, and in this one, they didn't. It, it would be, right? It almost it would it, it would be better for me if they accepted Chicken Boo and had him as the sheriff, just so it could do get a reference to Blazing Saddles as well. Um, but they, I guess, they couldn't do that because. Because it's, it's in chicken. the formula, it would, in the formula. Be a human. Yeah, it's like I guess not. Mm-hmm. But anyway, any other moments, guys, that you liked of uh, this Chicken Boo cartoon? Well, I like the whole uh, saving puppies from the and stealing. <laughs> <laughs> he robbed a bank and saved a puppy. <laughs> yes, and then well, is it good or bad? I don't know. He has no personality. <laughs> <laughs> the man with no personality. Instead of the man with no name. Yeah, that's the... Yeah, uh, I was going to say John White, Clint Eastwood <laughs> character right there. Yeah. So. so, cool stuff. Kelly, any other last moments of that one? I I just like the episode, it, or the segment. It was just it was so funny. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get right over to our water tower rating. <laughs> All right, guys. So what do we think? How many water towers out of five does this episode get? I'm just going to go first and I'm going to say three. Okay. Why? Because (laughs) it had Mindy Buttons wasn't bad. I liked the Moby to be Moby or not Moby. Mm -hmm. I just wish it was animated a little bit better. And the Chicken Boo one was really good. And okay. they got some good idea, bad idea stuff, including one that we even forgot. It was so, it was so, so much good. I, I didn't forget it. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a three. Could have been a little bit better, but I'll give it a three. That's like a good standard. I, I would say, like, if I were to give it a grade, I would say a B. Out of Water Towers, I'll give it a three. There you go. Okay, uh, Kelly, what about you? I will go with three and a half. Okay. Uh, I I really did like the Chicken Boo episode. I I, I like parodies of older films, and I I feel smart when I get the references, even when <laughs> I haven't seen the film. Yes. And sort of sort of the same with the Moby or not to to be. I I got that it was a lot of Moby Dick references. And I like the songs in it. It it was your typical Warner Brothers and sister annoy somebody, but yeah. it was mm-hmm. it was cute. And um, I, the weakest part to me was the Mesozoic Mindy, yeah. just because I'm I'm just not the biggest fan of Buttons and Mindy. And uh, but but it, overall, all taken together, I, I like the good ideas and bad ideas. So yeah, three and a half. And uh, Nathan, what about you? I'm doing two and a half. Two and a half. So, Ooh, well, yeah, I, the good and b- idea, bad ideas are probably my least favorite so far, except for the dentist one. Mm-hmm. And then the animation bothered me in the first segment. And the whole wheel thing. <laughs> terrible physics, for physics. Physics out yeah. the window. Ugh. And then I felt bad for chicken poop, but it was still very funny. <laughs> it's all pretty much going to chicken poop. So, you know, there is one I was just thinking there is one last uh, kind of reference that we had. Uh, right in the credits, it showed uh, uh, buttons mm-hmm. kind of sitting there with <laughs> all wrapped up and everything and just kind of looking at the camera. And uh, Nathan, do you know what that's a reference to? A, a Lassie thing? or Yeah, like at the okay. end of every Lassie episode, the original black and white Lassie, uh, it would just be Lassie just sitting there mm-hmm. and as the credits rolled past his face. And her then face. Her face. That's right. Lassie... <laughs> Is a girl, <laughs> and I should know that because he wasn't called Laddie; he was called Lassie. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was called Lassie. Uh, although I think sometimes, I mean, the, uh, yeah, the actor was the probably actor a boy, was probably so. a boy. But anyway, um, but yeah, Lassie would always be there, and then kind of like put out uh, her paw to kind of like shake. Mm-hmm. And Buttons does that at one point, and I think this is interesting that in this one that. Mindy goes to hug him, and he just wants to get away from Mindy. Yeah. He's just like, I'm done with you. Finally learned something. And then the Animaniac song plays, right, when she's chasing him? Yeah. Like the... Yeah. And then at the end, she gets to be in the water tower at the mm-hmm. end. So it's kind of... She's the... back to the present from yeah. the uh, TARDIS. Right. Yeah. Well, the writers <laughs> were definitely experimenting in these in these last few ones. I mean, Skippy being in, in the water tower mm-hmm. of, of last week, and then... Now Mindy in the water tower. So it does kind of little things to to blend yeah, it. a little fun. And but... the and the opening was a little bit different too. And we're going to jump chow mani. chicken chow mani. I mean, I like that uh, that opening too. I don't know. I guess spaghetti western. I don't know what it had to do with <laughs> nothing really. <laughs> and then I like chicken chow mein, and <laughs> Wacko does like to pack away the snacks. So there we go. He was just eating that. There you go. <laughs> so pretty decent. I guess what do we? What does that all average out to? Three. A three. So a good solid three. <laughs> That's true. Three and a half, two and a half, three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so very good. Good. Nice average episode of the yeah, Animaniacs. There you go. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to our announcer who um, is going to share us our uh, poll results, I believe, Yay, from last week. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I don't know what's going on with that guy. He had, he had an interesting few days. I mean, yeah. first thing is his house bird down mm-hmm. 
And he was going to the casino to try he to won get a lot the, of money. I heard. I heard. I heard something's going on with him. So let's go ahead and go to the announcer with last week's poll results. Hey there, um, this is Vinny um, coming to uh, to you uh, live from the Water Tower Casino, a beautiful place where everyone should uh, check out uh, all the games. Uh, the announcer is, uh, how should we say, tied up at the moment, and unable to uh, talk to you. So I'm here to go ahead and give you the results of... Uh, Last week's poll. Um, listeners were asked, uh, one is a genius, the other is insane. But uh, who is more insane? Hashtag Animaniacs, hashtag Animaniacast poll, hashtag uh, Pinky and the Brain. So, uh, well, short and sweet. 33% said it was Pinky. said Brain I have no idea what I just said Or who these people are But there's your results Now if you don't uh, Mind I have to go uh, talk to Mr. Watto For a little bit And uh, we'll see what we'll do with your little Announcer guy Uh, Maybe he'll be back Uh, Maybe he won't He has a little few debts to pay off If you know what I mean Uh, Meaning he has a lot of debts to pay off. All right, talk to you later. Oh, oh boy! I don't. Okay, well, I don't know where the announcer is now. That was weird. Okay, Nathan, do you know anything about this? I mean, if I, if he doesn't come back, and I hope he doesn't. Well, I love him, and I would love him to come back, but also I'm destined to kill him. So. Uh, we'll see okay. what happens. Do you know? Do you know any Toydarians, Nathan? Do you are familiar with Watto? I'm, I'm neither. I'm not saying neither here nor there. Uh, okay. I plead well, the look, fifth. Nathan. I don't care if you if if the announcer goes away and never returns. But I love him. I want him to come back. But uh, also, uh, you're you were totally torn on your <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, this is very interesting with you. Okay, so maybe we'll get the announcer back next week maybe we won't uh but what do you guys think uh, is the is pinky in the brain when it comes to pinky in the brain who is more insane yeah. pinky or the brain well uh, <laughs> i'm gonna say the brain and kelly what about you i'm i've always just leaned towards pinky really oh there you go okay so i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm going to read to you the definition via google of insane. That's a good idea. Of what insane is. Okay? And let's see if this changes your 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 thoughts. Okay. Insane is in a state of mind that prevents normal perception, behavior, or social interaction. Uh, seriously mentally ill. Um, so it could also mean that it's, uh, it's characterized or caused by madness, uh, like insane laughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it is in a, in a state of extreme annoyance or distraction. Like, I'm, you're driving me insane, for example. Mm. So, I don't know. I think the brain is definitely, he gets annoyed. Yeah. He he. It definitely has his perception of, of certain things. Um, but then again, Pinky laughs in, like, 
insane yeah. sometimes. And he says things that are just totally out of left field. So I don't know. I don't know. You would, I would think, I think the song should be, they're both a genius and they're both one's more insane. The, the brain is insanely genius. Yeah. He's definitely more genius. I would think than pinky. Yeah. But, but he, I mean, a talking mouse is a genius mouse, but he does have delusions <laughs> of grandeur. <laughs> so they're both kind of, they're both really smart and they're both kind of insane. Yes. That should be the song. They're both kind <laughs> of genius. They're both kind of insane. <laughs> pinky, and the- pinky and the brain. <laughs> Um, rewrite. Yep. Rewrite. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the brain, I guess, just because I think if Pinky were just by himself, he'd be, he'd just be a happy mouse. Yeah. I don't he think... would just, if the brain wasn't t- putting him in these situations where Pinky, again, I, I just don't think the, I don't think the, the, the word that I would describe Pinky is not necessarily insane. He's just mm-hmm. kind of a special kind of mouse. He's, He's just a innocent sweet, innocent or... guy who doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're insane. That just means that you're kind of just, you know, you're just doing your thing. And yeah. it's not his fault that the brain is, I'll, I'll say it, insane enough to bring him along <laughs> on everything. Yeah. Why is brain even bringing him and trying to take over the world, which is kind of insane <laughs> in its own right. Again, he just suffers from delusions ah. of grandeur. Yeah. Uh, ah. So anyway, so the newest poll for this week mm-hmm. is, uh, no, Nathan, why don't you go and tell us what the new poll is? I would love to. So the poll for this week is another round two edition. Woo. That's right. We've asked you before. We're going to ask you again with new contestants. And the poll is for this week. <laughs> Patting it out, looking for the question. Good job. No one's noticed. As I have said many times before. <laughs> and the uh, favorite antagonist, round two. Round two, fight. So fight. the choices are <laughs> Wally Lama, and there's Death, and there's the Papa Bear, which is named um, Vern. Vern. Just burn the papa bear. Yeah, he says burn the bear. And then there's the plain pal, which was also named something else. Uh, Ivan Blosky. Ivan Blosky. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, so which is your favorite between those four? Ivan Blosky, burn, death, death or Wally Lama. Yeah. There you go. Should be a fun one. There you go. Go to twitter.com slash Animaniacast or just search for hashtag Animaniacast poll and you should be able to make your voice heard. Okay, well, guys, it looks like it's that time where we're going to wrap things up. So where can people get in contact with you? Nathan, go. I'm on Twitter, JangoFT, that's me. You can also follow my sleeping talks at InSleepTalks. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, Kelly, what about you? Uh, Yoda Princess on Twitter or Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com and email. Very cool. And over at the Animaniacast, you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course, uh, you can send us an email, which is animaniacast at retrozap.com. Hey, folks out there, if you want to send us an email, please do, but also don't forget those iTunes reviews. And, uh, you know, hey, go to retrozap.com slash animaniacast. You can see a ton of our other episodes that we all have up, and we're talking about various things, usually getting off the topic of animaniacs as well over there. <laughs> um, and uh, you, while you're at RetroZap, you can check out a ton of other awesome podcasts as well. 
there's uh, Starship, Sabres and Scoundrels, The Trade Federation, Brews and Blasters. If you like Star Wars and Disney, there's Skywalking Through Neverland. If you like kind of just miscellaneous kind of this and that, well, there's uh, Techno Retro Dads. There's the Deuce Cast for all your movie talks. And, of course, for video games, you have the Ard Cast. Uh, which uh, makes sense for this episode since there was a kind of a piratey guy kind of to, <laughs> to calling people bilgerats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. No. Oh, actually, we won't. No. Thank you. It's it's, Christmas. It's Christmas. Next week we will be off. So everyone out there, have a very merry Christmas if uh, you do that. But it's also, hey, it's also the first night of Hanukkah as well. Hey. So there you go. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. And uh, we will see you on New Year's Eve with Yay. episode 29, a very good... A special New Year's a episode. special New Year's Eve episode of Dracula, Dracula. Yay! It all makes sense. And with that, this is Joey for Nathan and Kelly. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. (laughs) 